0: Savior Jesus Christ uh, and realize uh, that he has come to reconcile the world unto himself uh, through the ministry that he put in Jesus. He was in Christ. God was in Christ uh, reconciling the world unto himself and now Christ is fixing to be in us. Uh, Hallelujah. It's worth shouting about. Uh, It's worth praising God about. It's worth uh, my God getting excited about and uh, drawing the God, join from the wells of salvation one more time. Right. Hallelujah. I'll say it again. It's a great day to be alive. And I want to uh, get into this word God's put in my spirit. You know, I think I had a lot of this prepared uh, last Sunday, and the Spirit of the Lord fell on me, and I begin to exhort against all these false doctrines and all these uh, people run around here calling themselves prophets and prophesying. And I begin to warn people, they better know what the word says. I don't care what kind of miracles. I don't care what kind of signs you're given to who's ever preaching that word, who's ever given them signs. They better be leading you to God and they better be having you on the truth. Peter talked about being established in this present truth. And it doesn't matter the sign. Moses warned people, said if a man prophesies a sign or has a dream and it come to pass and then he tries to turn you from God, you better get away from that man. You better put him to death. It doesn't matter what kind of, what they prophesy, what comes to pass. If they're not leading you into the truth, if they're not leading you into the doctrine of, of Jesus Christ, and you're not being built on the foundation of the apostle and prophets, doctrine of Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, then they are in error, and you better stay away from them. You better stay away from this stuff, because Jesus warned, I. they said, many false prophets shall arise, many false teachers going to come, they are going to say, I am Christ, and they are going to deceive many. It ain't just the signs that bear witness. It's that holy lifestyle. It's that clean living. It's walking in righteousness and upright before God and it's preaching this word and teaching people how to put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. I'm telling you I've heard people say it and I feel it. I I feel that wheel turning in the middle of the wheel. i feel Feel the Holy Ghost. I, I feel the spirit of that man. I, Christ Jesus stepping into my soul today, I, and it's time to step up I, and come alive I, and let the Word of God rise in you. I, he said in Isaiah, He said, "Arise and shine, for thy light is come." I, he said, "Though darkness will cover the earth, I, and gross darkness will cover a people," I, He said, "It's time for my people that have the." The light of the world living in light To arise and shine and come forth. I, and so I, you're going to draw Gentiles. I, my God, the Gentiles are right now going to be drawn to the brightness of his rising. I remember when God spoke to me on Thanksgiving morning. He said Africa for hundreds of years has been known as the dark continent. But it shall be now known as the continent of light. for a great visitation of my spirit time is rising in Africa. I move of the Holy Ghost is going to save those souls. I, by the thousands, Is moving toward Africa. <laughs> Hallelujah. And I'm excited. And there's a stir. I, and you know, I was telling people the other day, some of you people out there in America, y'all think y'all got God bottled up. You think you got God him in? You think you so religious and so righteous that whatever God does, you're going to be in? Or let me tell you something, God don't have to start the book of Acts move. He don't have to start this restoration. He don't have to start this outpouring in America. God's going to start where people are hungry. I don't care what color their skin is, what language they preach, what nationality they are, where they're from. <laughs> if they're hungry and they're praying and they're seeking the face of God, God's fixing to visit them. And he told me, Back in November of twenty nineteen on the twenty eighth, he said he said light is fishing to shine in Africa. Light's fixing to shine and you know in Matthew four and along about verse fourteen or fifteen, let me flip over to it. But it said they in the land of Zebulon and Naphtali." That said in the region and shadow of darkness saw great light. I, for light is sprung up. I, I'm telling you, light's springing up. Light's springing up. I. And if you go to Matthew 4 and verse 12, he said, And when Jesus had heard that John was cast into prison, he departed into Galilee. Leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which was upon the sea coast and the border of Zebulun and Nephilim that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying the land of Zebulun and the land of Nephilim, by the way of the sea beyond Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people which sat in darkness saw great light. And to them which sat in the region in shadow of death, a light is sprung up from that time. Jesus began to preach and say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand and I'm telling you the kingdom of heaven one more time is at hand it's at the door hallelujah where the Christ is going to be revealed in man in authority in dominion and I've been telling people for 20 years there's coming a move that is going to be greater than the day of Pentecost and I've had people tell me well brother it can't get no greater than the day of Pentecost yet yeah, can? that was the former reign that was a measure Paul said in Second uh, Corinthians one twenty two, we've received an earnest of the Spirit, and earnest means a measure, of portion. But we're moving into the day now that the latter rain—that was the former rain. Anybody that has any Bible study and teaching at all, you know, the day of Pentecost was the former rain. The former rain did not last very long, maybe a hundred or so years, and then we moved under the dispensation of the rains. And under the rains we had at Zusa Street, we had the healing revivals in the 50s. We had the revival in Wales with Evan Roberts back in the late 1890s where souls were saved by the multiplies of thousands. They said in five years in Wales... Over a hundred thousand people got saved. I, the courts was empty. The jails was empty I, because people had turned to God of a literal thousands. I, and God told me, you know, a few years ago, He said that's a drop in the bucket. The healing revival, I, the Azusa Street revival, the revival in Wales—all the moves of God I, you've had under the rain is a drop in the bucket to that I, that I'm now going to do. Why? Because the latter rain, I, which we have no precedent for, the latter reign, but I believe with all my heart I, it's the full power of the resurrected Christ I, living in man. It's that full authority and dominion. I, you know when Jesus was resurrected he told his disciples, he said, now I, all power in heaven I, and earth now live. Right here it dwells in me. I, that's what he wrought in Christ I, when he raised him from the dead and set him I, at his own right hand which is the seat of power. I, he set him in power Power and authority and dominion in the fullness of the Godhead now dwells bodily in Christ Jesus. Because he's still a man. Tell me he's still a man. He's a glorified man. He's a man that don't have a mind devil contempt no more. He's a man that's destroyed the works of the devil. But he's a man and the fullness of God now lives in him and has total control of him. You know, when he appeared to the disciples in Luke 24, and I can't remember the exact verse, but when he appeared to the disciples in Luke 24, and he was talking to them, and they were scared of him. He looked at them, and he said, here. He said, handle me. Handle me. Put your hand in my side where the spear pierced me. Put your Fingers in my hands and my feet where they drove the nails. Verse 38 in Luke 24, he said this, and he said unto them, Why are you troubled? Why do thoughts arise in your heart? Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself handle me and see. For a spirit or a ghost had not flesh and bone, as you see me have. Didn't have no blood, and didn't shed it all, but he's still flesh and bone. He's still flesh and bone. Now I believe it's second, uh, first Timothy two and five said there is one God, one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. He is now the man, Christ Jesus. He's still man, still has the attributes and the humanity of a man, yet the fullness of God now lives in him. And that spirit that he sent back on the day of Pentecost, which we call the Holy Ghost, it's the spirit of the resurrected Christ. It's the spirit of the man Christ Jesus. Uh, and that's what the Holy Ghost is. And that's what I'm going to teach on today. If God will let me get to it. And you know, uh, right before we had the eclipse back in 2017, we were at our church in l praying. And the Lord took me out in a vision. And I saw that eclipse begin to happen. And I saw that darkness begin to come in over that sun. And the Lord spoke to me, he said, as that sun moves in and darkens, or as that moon moves in and darkens that sun, he said, old doctrines, old traditions, old teachings, he said, they're going to go by the wayside. And then I saw that moon begin to move and that sun begin to shine. And he said, as this happens, he said, it's a sign to you that I'm bringing in new doctrine. I'm bringing in new wisdom, new knowledge, new understanding, new teaching. And he said, I'm going to take my people further. I Hallelujah there's new uh, wisdom, knowledge and understanding and today uh, I'm going to declare unto you uh, what God has put in my spirit about the Holy Ghost uh, and what you need to get your mind set on as to what the Holy Ghost truly is uh, and forget about this when you receive the Holy Ghost at all uh, you need to concentrate on is speaking in tongues. Uh, I get so tired of dealing with this doctrine of men that uh, I have dealt with people all my life. It's come to me. I, and they've been, uh, they've been jumped on. They've been persecuted. I, they've been hounded because they didn't speak in tongues. They've been told. I, they didn't have the Holy Ghost and some of them I, was even being driven out of the church because I, they've been uh, talked to I, and ridiculed upbraided so hard that they did not have I, the Holy Ghost. I, the Holy Ghost is not tongues. I, the Holy Ghost is the spirit I, of the resurrected Christ. It is the spirit of the man Christ Jesus and when it comes in you it will bear fruit of the spirit it will bear the fruit of the spirit it will bear his nature his mind his attributes his compassion his love his mercy his forgiveness are you hearing what I'm saying the Holy Ghost is the spirit of the resurrected Christ which is the man Christ Jesus which is the comforter which is the spirit of truth anything you want to say about it. I, when it comes in, I, it's going to testify of Jesus. Hallelujah. I want to go to uh, Philippians 2. And I just quoted part of it. But if you got the notes, and I sent out notes, those of you that watch and don't get notes, and you need to email me, give me your email address. If you're going to watch the live stream, I'll send you notes and email Saturday night or Sunday morning, so you can follow along with us. Uh, But in my notes, I I put, I truly don't believe that God's people, especially the ministers, understand the concept of let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Let this mind, that's that's what the Word says in Philippians 2. And I'm going to go back and I'm going to start in uh, Philippians 2, verse 3, and I'm going to go down to verse 8. It says, Let nothing be done through strive for vain glory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Now, verse 5 is what I really want to emphasize. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Look at that right there. Let this mind be in you, which was also in the resurrected Christ, which was also in the resurrected Christ mixed with the man. When Jesus stood in that room and told him, said, here I am, look at me, touch me, handle me. He wasn't saying I'm the spirit of God. He wasn't saying this is the Holy Ghost, which is the Spirit of God. He said, handle me. I'm not a spirit. I'm not a ghost. I'm still a man. I I ministered with you three and a half years. I know you. I know you everyone by name. I know who you are. I can tell you everything about yourself. I'm a man. Look at me. Handle me. Put your hand right here in my side where they pierce me. Here, here's my hand. See the nail prints? Look at my feet. See the nail prints? I'm him. I'm the man. But I'm now the resurrected man, full of power and authority and dominion. The full ruling reign of God now lives right here. Right here. When he come out of that tomb and ascended, put his blood on the mercy seat, paid for eternal redemption. From that point right there, the fullness of God sat down inside of him. God took his abode in him, sat down inside of him, and according to uh. Colossians one and I believe eighteen or nineteen, let me turn over there. I love God's word. Colossians one eighteen and he is the head of the body of the church who's the beginning, the first from born from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence for it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. And all fullness dwells in him right now. Didn't dwell in him before, it dwells in him now after the resurrection. Y'all following with me? Let's drop on down to Colossians 2. Verse 8. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after traditions of men and after rudiments of the world. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. So all fullness. All power in heaven and earth now dwells in the body of the man, Christ Jesus. And it is the spirit of that man mixed with God that has come back to us in a measure, and that's what we now call the Holy Ghost. You say, well, Brother Medic, look, the Holy Ghost before Jesus came was just a manifestation that God visited man through. It's a manifestation that God worked when he worked through man. You read in the book of Luke, you read in the first couple of chapters, Uh, in Luke, the first chapter, it says that John the Baptist shall be filled with the Holy Ghost from his mother's womb. Then when Mary met Elizabeth, the Bible said she was filled with the Holy Ghost and began to magnify and give honor to Mary, the mother of her Lord. And how that that babe leaped in her womb, John the Baptist leaped in her womb when she heard the mother uh, of her Lord. And then when they went to name John after he was born, got ready to circumcise him and name him. They said they they gonna call his name Zechariah, and his mother said, Noah's name shall be called John, and Zachariah wrote on a tablet and said, Noah's name shall be called John the Spirit of the Lord came on him and the string of his tongue was loose because he'd been struck dumb by Gabriel from the day Gabriel visited him uh, to the eighth day when they were getting ready to circumcise John uh, after his birth. Uh, and the Bible said that Zechariah was filled with the Holy Ghost and prophesied. Uh, you even read Acts ten, thirty-eight, it says, How that God anointed uh, Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost uh, and with power, who went about doing good and healing all life. Uh, that was possessed of the devil for God I was with him. None of these manifestations I, of the Holy Ghost is what I, has come back to us. I, what has come back to us? I, and I want you to go with me to the Gospel of John, I, the seventh chapter, and I'm going to try to explain this. I, and you just want to have to pray about it and see if God will give you wisdom on how to take hold of it. But I can explain it to you, but trying to explain it in fullness and in detail while I'm preaching, I might not be able to get the job done, but email me. I'll give you all the scripture you want. I'll give you all the explanation you want. But in John 7 and 37, the last day of that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me. He that believeth on me, as the scripture is said, out of his belly shall flow rivers, of living water, but this he spake, of the Spirit, which they that believe on him, should receive for the Holy Ghost. Now you listen to what this says. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not, yet glorified that mean he has not he had not died I, he had not been resurrected and he had not been glorified I, neither had the fullness of the father taken it I, took its abode in him but once it did die. then he was glorified in that spirit I, that was in him of the God and the man mixed I is the Holy Ghost has now been sent back I, to you and I because I it's not just the spirit of God that comes in here I, and floats around waiting for you to pray so you can feel glory bumps and say a few syllables and a few words in tongues but it is the spirit of the man Christ Jesus and that is the man and the God mix that is the man and God mix that is the humanity of man mixed with the full power and authority of the resurrected power of Christ that we received it in an earnest and a measure and now we're fixing to get a full measure of it because the ministry of the Son of Man which is the ministry Jesus had when he walked this earth high it's now going to step on the scene what I saw after the Lord spoke this to me he spoke to me on February the 13th February the 16th 2013 and he told me he said the Holy Ghost I'm sending back to my people in the last days will be the full resurrected power of Christ mixed with the humanity of man. I just come out of the office at our church in Fort Payne, locked the door, and God spoke it to me. I just unlocked the door, went back in the office, closed the door, and sat down at the desk. I said, well, what do you do with that? That's what I said to myself. I didn't even know what God had told me. I mean, when I first said it, some of you, if this is the first time you heard it, you probably said, do what? Huh? Yeah. What do you do with it? What do you do with the fact that the, I heard that audible voice of God say that the Holy Ghost that I'm sending back to my people in the last days is the full resurrected power of the Christ mixed with the humanity of man. I didn't say mixed with the carnality. I said I said mixed with the humanity. There's a big difference. The humanity of man ain't carnal. When Adam was created, he had humanity. He did not have carnality. The carnality came to Adam when he ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So all knowledge is not good for you. There is knowledge of good and there is knowledge of evil, and knowledge of evil is not good for somebody trying to walk with God. But Adam done it, Eve done it, and that carnality come in, it's that enmity that the Lord told him in Genesis 3 would abide there. And then if you go to Romans 8 and 6 and 7, it says to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is peace for the carnal mind is enmity. It's that same enmity that came between God's seed and man's seed or the seed of the woman in Genesis 3. It's been an enemy. It's been a stumbling block and it's fought man ever since to keep him from coming into the place that God wants to reconcile and restore him back to and bring him into the working of the Holy Ghost and the fullness of the resurrected Christ living in him. It's been there. It's still there. And until we're changed and transformed and illuminated, die. It's going to stay there. But what I want to talk to you today, and I know I've done quoted a lot of this, not done put a lot of this out there, but what I want to talk to you about today is coming to that place that God or the Christ can live in you, but it's got to be because you understand who the Holy Ghost is. You understand. Y'all need to start rebuking this teaching that all the Holy Ghost is, is speaking in tongues. If I ask all of you out there, do you have the Holy Ghost? And uh, many of you would say, yeah. I said, how do you know? And the only thing you can answer me is because I talk in tongues. You do not know the Holy Ghost is the spirit of the man Christ Jesus and the nature of that man, the wisdom of that man, the understanding of that man, everything he gained in his ministry on this earth and how he grew in wisdom, knowledge, how he grew in favor with God and man and how he waxed strong in spirit. You don't see that. You don't see that as being the Holy Ghost because of all the teaching. That's gone on all these years when you receive the Holy Ghost. That's it. All you do is talk in tongues. No, you need to, you need to get you a big eraser if it's possible. Rub it across your forehead and re- erase that concept of the Holy Ghost is speaking in tongues. And if you can write it in your mind and on your memory banks, you need to get it written in the tables of your heart that the Holy Ghost is the spirit of the man Christ Jesus. And the nature of that man, the, uh, the humanity of that man, now everything that man learned and became one with God is now mixed uh, with the fullness of God. And it is that spirit that now lives in you and abides in you and has come to teach you, I guide you and direct you and order your steps. If you'll start looking at the Holy Ghost as the spirit of the man Christ Jesus, and you'll start letting this thing work in you and guide you and direct you. And I'm telling you, it's not all the spirit. It's not all just the Holy Ghost. It's not all just shouting and jerking and feeling goosebumps and talking in tongues. There's times you're going to need wisdom. You're going to need understanding. You're going to need knowledge. You're going to need to know how uh, to deal with situations. And about three weeks after the Lord spoke this to me, He took me in a vision, and I saw Jesus. Every devil he cast out, every sickness he healed, every trial he went through, everything he faced. He had the Holy Ghost with him, and i seen this big, uh, long strand on the right side of what looked like a TV screen. i seen an open vision, and it was about uh, five or six different colored strands twisted together like a DNA. If you've ever seen a graph of DNA on a scientific chart, that's what it was, and up above it, it said spiritual DNA. And every devil Jesus cast out, he, uh, that, that strand twisted. Every, every miracle he had, that strand twisted again. Every trial he faced, it twisted again. And it kept twisting and twisting and twisting. And, and the Lord put it in my spirit. and I got modeling clay about five or six colors and I pulled them out long strands and I twisted them together and as I preached on this I rubbed them and rolled them and the more I preached on it and rolled them the more they become one the more they become one color the more they blended together and time I got through preaching that word about 45 minutes to an hour you could not separate them strands it blended into one it blended into one color and that's what the Lord told me said Jesus and the Holy Ghost became one and that's how he became the Christ I, Jesus became the Christ He started as a man I, He started made in the fashion of a man I, Made in the likeness of a man Just like me and you I, But as He grew in life Strong in spirit, wisdom, knowledge, understanding I, Everything that He'd done He became more and more I, One with God until I, He became the Christ I, Hallelujah And when He arose and ascended up to the Father I, He was made eternal In more and incorruptible, I, and he descended back down on this earth, I, hallelujah, the sin nature had no power over him, I, the carnal mind had no power over him, I, he was God, I, revealed, manifest he was God in the flesh and the full power of God, I, dwelt in him and it is that spirit, I, it is that spirit, I, hallelujah, that man, Christ Jesus, that has come back to us, I, in the Holy Ghost, I, and Now, get ready to come in a fuller measure than any generation has ever walked in. I want you to go with me to John, the Gospel of John 16. If you think you got the Holy Ghost, then I want you to take this yardstick right here and I want you to apply it to your life. Because I don't think you can take this yardstick. And apply it to your life and tell me you've got the Holy Ghost. I don't think you can do it. In the Gospel of John, the 16th chapter, number one to the 26th verse. First few words, and when the comforter come, somebody tell me who the comforter is. Is the comforter not the Holy Ghost? Is the comforter not the Holy Ghost? But when he, the Comforter, is come, whom I send unto you from my Father or from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me. The word testify means to bear witness. Look it up. It means to bear witness. So Jesus said, when he, the Spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the Father, comes from the Father, when he comes, he shall testify of me. In other words, he's going to bear witness of me. Well, I don't see anywhere. I see where Jesus was filled with the Holy Ghost. I see where when John baptized him, he was filled with the Holy Ghost. I don't find one place where he run around talking in tongues. I'm not against tongues. I'll tell you like Paul, I probably speak in tongues more than you all. I believe in tongues, but I believe they've got to be used the way they're supposed to be used. And besides, the tongues that came on the day of Pentecost are not supernatural tongues. They're natural tongues. You read about it in Acts, the second chapter. You read about how the Holy Ghost came, and you read about how that Peter and them uh, were drunk in the spirit. They went out on the street and began to preach. They began to mock them and make fun of them. And then they stopped and said, what's this? Said there was gathered there in Jerusalem because it was Pentecost. Every priesthood, every teacher, every man of God from every nation under heaven where they'd been scattered. Uh, when the Jerusalem failed, they had been scattered. They was raised in that nationality. They kept the teaching of the law. They kept everything they knew to be God. They were Jews, but yet they were raised uh, in countries all over the world, and they gathered there. Uh, Pentecost, and they said, what is this? Uh, Do we not hear in our own native tongue the wonderful works of Christ? Uh, So if you uh, have not spoken in uh, natural languages, and somewhere in history I read there was 117 different dialects uh, that was spoken on the day of Pentecost, so if you ain't spoken uh, in one of them natural dialects, the wonderful works of Christ, uh, then you did not receive the Holy Ghost they received on the day of Pentecost, uh, so don't run around telling everybody you got it and you spoke in tongues. Because there was no spiritual heavenly tongues spoken I, on the day of Pentecost. They were all natural dialects. I, they were all natural languages because tongues means languages. I, so don't run around here and get the bumper sticker off your car. I, they said, when I received the Holy Ghost, I speak in tongues. I, and what you do? And have Acts I, 2 and 4 on it because it's wrong. I, it's wrong teaching. is t- in error. And now God's blotting it out. He's getting rid of it. Uh, and he's bringing you to the knowledge uh, that the Holy Ghost uh, is the spirit uh, of the man, Christ Jesus. Whoa, hallelujah. Let him live. Let him live. Let him come alive and let him witness and let him testify. Because when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he shall testify of me. He shall bear witness. He shall bear witness. What's the witness? Somebody tell me what's the witness. I me tell you what it is. The Lord told me in 1995, had my tent up in Fife, Alabama. I was getting ready to take the service. Just as I got ready to step up on the platform, the Lord spoke into my spirit. He said, what's the witness of the gospel? Man, he dumbfounded me. So I walked out there and I took the service and I was talking, getting ready to go to prayer. At the same time, my mind was going a hundred different places, trying to figure out. Finally, I just told the Lord my spirit. I said, I don't know. He said, the miracles, the healings. He said, that's the, that's the signs that I bore. He said, I confirmed the word. Well, signs follow it. And if you go to Hebrews 2 and 4, it says, God also bearing them witness both with signs and wonders and diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost, according to his own will. That's the testimony. That's the witness. That's what's going to testify. Are you hearing me? That's what's going to testify, that the Christ lives in us. If you go to Acts, the first chapter and the eighth verse, he said, but you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. He said, you're going to be witnesses unto me. What's that witness? Speaking in tongues? I don't think so. What's that witness? Signs, wonders, and miracles. Signs, wonders, and miracles are the witness. And he said, you fixing to do them. He said, first you'll do them in Jerusalem and Judea. That's your hometown. That's where he's raised. That's where you got saved. That's where your testimony is. But he said, then I'll send you to Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. i have born witness to the gospel In many places in the United States, across Canada, I've borne witness of the gospel in Central America, South America, India, and the Philippines, and now I'm fixing to bear witness in Africa. Signs, wonders, and miracles, great deliverance, soul-saving, because the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of the resurrected Christ is in here, and he's going to speak, and when he speaks, he's going to confirm his word with signs following You need to get rid of this old teaching. You may get mad at me. You may be turning me off because it's what you heard all your life. All right. Let me, let me ask you, what's it done for you? What's it done for you? Does it give you power? Does it give you a witness? Does it give you strength? Does it give you knowledge and understanding of how to serve God? Can you confess that the Holy Ghost, it's in you and it's in you because It testifies of Jesus. It testifies of his wisdom, his knowledge, his mercy, his compassion, his forgiveness, his understanding. Can you confess that it testifies in faith, power, healings, and miracles? Can you say that the witness or the evidence of the Christ that lives in you is the fruit of the Spirit? If you can't, then you didn't get what you should have got. You did not get what you should have got because I'm going to tell you something. Just talking in tongues won't do all this. There's people give up and quit because they don't have what it takes. Because they're told just because they uh say a few syllables in tongues or a few words in tongues. They got the Holy Ghost. You might have experienced something, but you have not got the spirit of the resurrected Christ. You have not got the spirit of the man Christ Jesus living inside of you. Because when he gets inside of you, it starts changing you. It starts changing you. It starts transforming you. You know, Paul wrote in Hebrews 12 and 1, he said, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And that ye may prove what is that good and perfect and acceptable will of God. And he went on and said, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your minds. That's Hebrews 2, 2, I mean, I'm sorry, Romans 12 uh, and 2. Be not conformed to this world. When you come to the Lord and you give your heart to him, you are conformed to this world. You are conformed to this world. You're fashioned like it. You're raised in it. You look like it, walk like it, dress like it, talk like it, act like it. Why? Because that's all you do to do. You are conformed. The word conformed means to be fashioned in like manner. You are fashioned in like manner to this world because that's all you know. But once you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior and the spirit of the man Christ Jesus moves in, it begins to transform your way of thinking. It begins to transform your mind. It begins to transform your understanding. It begins to bring the word of God alive in you. The word transform means metamorphosis. It means a change, a a, a transformation, a morphing, a coming forth, and it is a process. You do not get saved and automatically... Be transformed or translated into Christ living in you and you having power, faith and deliverance and miracles don't happen that way. Never happened that way. Might happen in the future, but it ain't happened that way up till now. It's a process. That's the reason the Bible said you are transformed by the renewing of your minds. Ephesians 4 and 23 or 22 talks about putting off the old man, which is corrupt according to deceitful lust. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new man, which is created after God in true righteousness and holiness. So it's got to be the renewing of your mind. What renews your mind? The Holy Ghost, the spirit of the man Christ Jesus begins to work in your mind, begins to work in your spirit, begins to work in your heart. It lets you see different, think different, act different. It causes you to uh want to be fashioned in his image and in his likeness. It calls you... Causes you to want to change, it causes you to come forth and become transformed, and you are transformed by the renewing of your minds. And Paul went on and said, In another place, though this outward man perish, this inward man is renewed day by day. When you come to the knowledge and the understanding that the Holy Ghost in you is the Spirit of the man Christ Jesus. That is a mixture of the man and the resurrected power of Christ. And you let that begin to work in you, begin to think in you, and it begins to deal with you. And you begin to hearken to the working of that spirit and let it begin to transform. God's not going to force you. He will not force you to change. But he will bring his spirit. He will bring that transforming. He will bring a different thought process. He will begin to teach you the word of God. He will begin to bear witness. To the truth. He will begin to lead and guide you and order your steps. He will begin to teach you. Does the Bible not tell us that the comforter or the spirit of truth is a teacher? And he will guide you into all truth. Well, that's what this man, Christ Jesus, the spirit of this man, Christ Jesus, because Jesus was truth. He was truth. And his spirit is the spirit of truth. His spirit is the comforter. His spirit is the Holy Ghost that now abides with us and in us. And it is the spirit of the man Christ Jesus. You gotta shake yourselves and realize that the man Christ Jesus, the spirit of him is taking his abode in you, and you gotta look at it that way. You can no longer look at the Holy Ghost as being just tongues. You'll shipwreck. But this will bring you into a transformation, this will bring you into renewing of your mind. This will break this conforming of the world off of you. It will make you want to be Formed in his wisdom, his knowledge, his understanding. And besides that, Romans the 8th chapter, if I've got my scripture right, uh, teaches us long about, let me get there, I'm almost there, teaches us long about verse 30. Y'all bear with me. I didn't have all this marked. Twenty nine. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be fashioned, made in, brought forth in, the image of his Son. Are y'all following me? That he might be the firstborn among many brethren. So, it is our predestination. It is the mind and will of God that we be conformed. He said, don't be conformed to this world. Don't be fashioned like this world, but be conformed to the image. Be conformed to the image of my dear son. Be fashioned in the image of the Christ. Be fashioned in the image of the man, Christ Jesus. I hope you're following with me because uh God's people everywhere stumbled all over this, nobody has preached this truth, and I believe it's because God is now beginning to reveal this truth. He told us new wisdom, new knowledge, new understanding would start to be revealed, and God is now beginning to reveal. He's told us for years he's going to do a new thing. You say, well, Brother Metter, I've never heard this. It's part of the new faith. It's part of the new faith. It's part of the renewing of the mind. It's part of the renewing of your strength. It's part of you coming into teaching that no generation's ever been taught because we're fixing to receive an earnest and a measure. It's going to go beyond an earnest. We've already got an earnest. This thing is going to go beyond what happened at Pentecost. It's going to go beyond anything any generation has ever had. And it's going to bring in power and authority and dominion. It's going to bring in wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. It's going to bring in a greater measure of the fruit of the Spirit and you're going to see people put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. You want to know where that is? That's Romans 13 and 14. He said, "Put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. Put Him on. How are you going to put Him on? You put on His mind. Where does His mind come from? The Spirit of the Man Christ Jesus. If you put on the, if they let the, if it, this mind that was in Christ Jesus be also in you, that means the Spirit of the Man Christ Jesus is in you." Because you ain't going to get him without his mind, and you ain't going to get his mind without him. So if you get his mind, you got him. If you get him, you got his mind. So we got to change our thinking. we got to let the Spirit of God begin to change the way we look at things, the way we begin to act. And if you learn to start yielding to the Holy Ghost, yielding to the Holy Ghost ain't throwing your hands up and clattering in tongues. Yielding to the Holy Ghost and letting him teach you how to live. Teach you how to live clean, godly, righteous. Teach you how to let the thinking, the wisdom, the knowledge and understanding of the man Christ Jesus order your steps and direct your paths. Teach you how to stand before God with clean hands and a pure heart. What David said, who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? I believe it's Psalms. uh, I can't remember whether it's Psalms 19 or Psalms 24. But he said, who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? That And it says, he that have clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul unto vanity nor sworn deceitfully. So if you're going into that high place in God, you're going into that place where God can use you, visit you, live in you, work through you, and walk in you. And you can learn to walk in the Spirit. And besides, Paul taught us in Galatians 5 that if you live in the Spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You walk in the Spirit. And the word walk means to occupy things pertaining to What's happened to God's people is we get what we're taught is the Holy Ghost. We get this mindset that we're righteous. We get this mindset that we're spiritually minded. And then we get caught up in things of the flesh and we uh, follow emotions. We follow desires. We follow things the flesh wants to do. And we never turn and let the Spirit of God do anything in us for hours and days on end. And all the devil's done is deceive you. All the devil's done is mess you up. Because you cannot walk in the flesh for hours on end and days on end and then on Sunday pick up your Bible and say, oh, I'm spiritual. No, it's a daily thing. It's being renewed in the spirit of your mind every day. But this outward man perish, this inward man is renewed day by day. You have got to be renewed in the spirit of your mind on a daily basis. You've got to let that prayer You've got to let that word of God, you've got to let that quickening of the Holy Ghost teach you, lead you, guide you, order your steps, and direct your paths. And you say, Brother Matter, I can't do that. Yes, you can. Well, Brother Matter, I've got to work a public job. Let me tell you something. Bible said Jesus was a carpenter. didn't say it said he was the son of a carpenter, but it also said he was a carpenter. That means he worked, dealt with the public, had to deal with frustrations, vexations, aggravations. Just like me and you do, but just because you deal with carnal things and you deal with responsibilities in the carnal, don't mean you've got to let yourself be carnally minded. No, it doesn't. The carnal mind is a spirit. And God has given us the word to destroy the carnal mind. But you got to wake up and realize it's a spirit. you got to learn to destroy it. You've got to learn to war against it. And you've got to learn to let the spirit of God lead you. Every day, Jesus came in the fashion of a man. The mind and the carnal mind warred against him because it says he was tempted in all points like as we are. There's no way Jesus could have been tempted in all points like as we are, except the carnality of the man warred against him. But the Bible said, yep, he was without sin. You know why he chose? He chose to walk with God. Titus 2 and 12 says, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we can live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. You can do it. You just, you just can't do it by letting the carnal mind and the natural desires be in you four, five, six, seven, eight days, and you won't turn and pray and read your Bible for a little bit. And then you call yourself spiritual again, and then you drop back doing what your natural man wants. Don't work like that. When... The man Christ Jesus comes in, he begins to transform you and change you. He begins to bring his thoughts, his mind, his desires, what he has purposed, what he has predestined, what he has planned for your life. He begins to let it work in you. But you got to yield over to it. you got to yield over to it. When the spirit and life of Christ comes in, it starts bringing his desires, his goals where he wants you to go. And it just shoots down everything you wanted to do. All your goals, all your uh, achievements, everything you wanted to make out of yourself, it goes out the side window. Well, what do you do? Just sit down and throw everything away? No, you learn to change focus. Can't just sit down and do nothing. But That's what a lot of people think getting saved is. They just forget about everything, sit down and do nothing, get lazy, and want God God do it all? No. You let the Spirit of God change your focus. You let the Spirit of God change your mindset and teach you how to grow in wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. You, you, I mean, when I come to the Lord, there was years I still had to deal with the public. I still had to do jobs. I still had to work. I still had to grow. But then in 1978, the Lord told me, he said, you go full-time in ministry. When I went full-time in ministry, did I get away from dealing with carnality? No, still there. You're always going to have to deal with people that are carnal-minded in carnality, but you can do it in the humanity of man, and you can do it with the resurrected power of Christ living on the inside of because Jesus did it, and the Bible said he didn't sin. He knew no sin. Amen. He knew no sin. He didn't choose. He chose not to sin. He chose to walk with God and be submitted. That's the reason in that Garden, he said, Father, not my will. He didn't want to die. He didn't want to go through what he's fixing to have to go through. He didn't want to suffer the horrors of hell. He knew what he's fixing to go through. The Bible says, who in the days of his flesh offered up strong crying and tears that unto him that was able to save him from death. He didn't want to do that. He didn't want to die natural death. He didn't want to face spiritual death. He didn't want to face the horrors of hell. He didn't want to face all this that he knew he was going to have to go through, and he was going to, to do it without the Father. Never in his life had he been without the presence of the father being there with him. He knew it was there from the time he got old enough to comprehend what he was doing. He knew the father was there. He knew what he'd been chosen to do. But on his, uh, in that garden, he said, I know. I know I fully understand for this purpose I came in the world. But now if there's any way, let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Our fight comes because we don't want to turn loose of our life. Our fight comes because we don't want to turn loose of what we want to do. And our desires, it sets up a warfare in the spirit because the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit lusts or fights against the flesh. It's not to say that what you want is sin. But what you want in the natural will take you far off track from what God has predestined and foreordained for you if you're chosen of God. And you gotta learn. You gotta walk. You gotta learn to walk away from things. There's sometimes you gotta walk away from people. You gotta walk away from situations. Anything that's gonna hinder your relationship and your walk with God, that you cannot get victory over, incorporate, incorporated into your walk and your relationship with God. Somewhere it's gonna you're gonna have to purge it out of your spirit. I ain't telling you you can't get victory. I'm telling you that if you don't get victory, the car of mind will destroy you situations in your life will destroy you. It will cause you to stumble and fall. And I'm going to tell you, I know I went by these notes, note by note, but I've covered these notes. And I've covered them probably and then some, and I think I said uh a lot of y'all two sets of notes, but they say a lot of the same thing because it hadn't been that long uh that the Lord began to speak to me that the Holy Ghost was the spirit of the man, Christ Jesus. You can't separate them. You can't separate them. How are you going to separate the fullness of God from, from from the Christ? How are you going to separate? Because all the fullness of the Godhead never was bodily in Jesus. It's right there. It's in him. It's his mind. It's his nature. It's taking him totally over. The sin nature, the, the man nature. It, it, humanity is there because he has to identify with you. But as far as anything else. It's destroyed, for this purpose was the Son of God manifest, that he might destroy the works of the devil. And he's destroyed the works of the devil. He's not going to, he's destroyed it. And it's time for you and I to come to the wisdom and knowledge and understanding that the spirit of the man Christ Jesus is the Holy Ghost. And he's fixing to get greater, or fixing to put on more of his mind, more of his power, more of his attributes, his nature. It's just going to get greater and greater because we're going to put him on. We're going to put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision. That means everything we do right now, we make provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust. Stop and think about it. Everything you do, the majority of the money you spend, the majority of the things you buy, the majority of the places you go, the majority of everything you put in your mind Is making provision for your flesh to fulfill the desires that you want. That's why that warfare is there. God's pulling you one way. The lust of the flesh is pulling you the other. Galatians 5 teaches you that if you walk in the spirit, you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Let me turn over there real quick. I appreciate this kind of word because it teaches you how to live, right? All right, you go to Galatians 5. You go to verse 16. He says that I, this I say then, walk in the spirit. And you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh for the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And they are contrary the one to the other so that you cannot do the things that you would. So there's a pulling. There's a pulling on your flesh. Your flesh wants God, but it still wants things of this life. And God's pulling you toward that calling and your flesh is pulling back the other way. And that scripture in Revelation where Jesus said, behold, I stand at the door and knock, that is not a salvation scripture. Everybody preaches that as salvation. Oh, the Lord comes knocking on your door. No, that ain't salvation scripture. That, he said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. So the spirit of that man, Christ Jesus, is knocking on the door of your spirit. And if you open the door and let him in, he said, I will come in and sup with you. One place I think it says me and my father will come in and make our abode with you. So this is Christ wanting to come in and live in you, dwell in you, take his abode in you, and begin to transform you by the renewing of your mind. It's not just getting saved. People get saved, and they don't have teaching. They don't learn to grow in God. They don't learn to grow in prayer. They don't get under uh, a good word that teaches them how to get grounded and settled and established. A few weeks go by, a few months go by, they throw their hands up and quit and they're right back out there in the world because they're not taught how to do this warfare. This is warfare. This is the warfare of your mind. Therefore, you got to be renewed in the spirit of your mind that a transforming can begin so that you will not be conformed to the things of this world. Don't be conformed to this world. You're conformed to this world. You act like it. You have the same envy, bitterness, jealousy, hatred, strife. You have all that in your spirit. You cannot be conformed to this world and walk with God. You've got to let your mind or that mind that was in Christ Jesus, you got to let it begin to transform you. you got to let it. That's why you get in this word daily. You get in prayer daily. You let the spirit. We are so pressured with things of life that we don't take time have a relationship with God I've had so many people tell me brother matter I just don't have time I'm too busy I said no you don't take time you don't take time to walk with God you don't take time to serve the Lord you don't take time to pray it ain't that you don't have time it's you don't take time because you're so caught up in so, so many other things well brother matter i got to go here i got to go there i got to do this i got to do that yeah and which is more important the temporal things of this earth or your eternal relationship with God your eternal salvation, your eternal redemption, which is more important because that's what you're telling God. I don't have time to do what I need to do to sustain my eternal soul. I don't have time. I do not have time. No, you don't take time because your flesh is caught up in so many other things. We've got to do this by being transformed. By the renewing of our minds. It says it in Romans 12 and 2, and it says it in Ephesians. Let me just flip over to Ephesians. It's 4, and I think it starts at 22. It could start at 23, but I know it's Ephesians 4, there we go. 22, that you put off concerning the former conversation. That word right there means behavior, children. That you put off concerning the former behavior. The former conversation right there means behavior, the old man. He didn't say he was going to put it off. He said, you put it off. That's what I'm telling you. you got to make choices, not to do things. you got to make choices, what you put in your mind, what you put in your spirit. Because the Bible will tell you in Isaiah 26 and 3, the man whose mind is stayed upon the Lord, the Lord will keep him in perfect peace because he trusts in him. It matters what you put in your mind. It matters what you set before your eyes. It matters what goes in your ears and in your spirit. And I know there's some things you don't have a choice to be around sometimes. But if you've got a choice and you entertain it and you let it come into your spirit, you're not doing what you're supposed to do to purge yourself and keep this stuff out of your spirit. All it's going to do is set up a warfare in your spirit. That's all it's going to do. It's going to set up a warfare in your spirit. And it's like my wife used to tell my son, said, spirit in, spirit out. You get that spirit in you somewhere, but ain't God. You got to get it out. So you don't let spirits come in. You don't entertain spirits and you don't open yourself up to things that aren't of God. It matters what you put in your spirit. It matters what you put in your mind because you can't let everything carnal come in your mind and then have the mind that was in Christ Jesus. There ain't room for both of them. You can't be double minded. The Bible says a double minded man. Is unstable in all its ways, so you can't be carnally spiritual-minded. you got to choose one or the other. They're going to fight each other, but somewhere one of them's going to win. And it depends on what you do as to which one wins. So in Ephesians 4 and 22, he says that you put off concerning the former conversation or behavior of the old man, which is corrupt according to deceitful lust. See, lust will deceive you against what God wants in your life. It will deceive you. It will make you think this is what you're supposed to do, and it will bring a deception against the working of the Spirit of God in your life and be renewed in the spirit of your mind that you put on the new man. See, you got to put off the old and you got to put on the new. God's not going to do it for you. God's not going to do it for you. You know, there's a scripture in Jeremiah when Jeremiah told people, he said, break up your fallow ground. I've heard people get out and pray, oh, God, break up my fallow ground. God's never going to break up your fallow ground. The word of the Lord wasn't for God to break up your fallow ground. It was for you to break it up. It's for you to put off the old man. It's for you to deny the lust of the flesh. And that's what Titus said in 2 and 12, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust. You cannot control the thoughts that come to your mind. You cannot control the warfare that pops in your head, but you can put a stop to it and change your thought process and turn it to something godly. That's why Titus said, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we can live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. And then Paul went on and said, And be renewed in the spirit of your mind, in verse 23 of Ephesians 4, that you put on the new man which after God is created, in righteousness and true holiness, verse twenty-five. Wherefore, putting away the lying, speaking every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be angry and sin not, and let not the sin go down on your wrath, neither give place to the devil. See, he teaches all these things that we have to start practicing, and all this is brought into our spirit by the renewing of the mind. By the renewing of the mind, by that mind of the spirit that comes in, it begins to renew your mind. It begins to focus you on things of God. It begins to teach you the things of God. It begins to order your steps into the things of God. So, the Holy Ghost is the spirit of the man, Christ Jesus. It is the spirit of the man. If you want to know, uh, it's in uh, 1 Timothy, I believe. Let me turn over there. Second chapter. I get these first and seconds mixed up all the time. My wife finally told me, said that wasn't Paul's fault. He just wrote the letter, everybody else chopped it up. And they put it in chapters and verses. So I said, okay. So, uh, first epistle of Timothy, second chapter, fifth verse, for there's one God, one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. So, there's one God. He's spirit. Y'all follow with me? He's spirit. And then there's man. There's men. And there's one mediator between God and men, and it's that man, Christ Jesus. Because that nature of the man that he lived with, all the temptation he went through, he was made that way to understand man. Adam was created and he failed. Jesus didn't need another created son. He he needed a son born of a woman made under the law, like he said in Galatians 4 and 4. So he brought forth Jesus. Jesus, the physical body, was not in the beginning. He was not in the beginning. All the world and things of the world were not created by the physical man, Jesus. They were created by the word of God. So the physical man, Jesus, was conceived in Mary's womb, brought forth a physical flesh, blood, bone, body had the nature of a man, the likeness of a man. That's what the scripture tells us. He was made in the, uh, the likeness of a man being found as a, and fashioned as a man. Romans eight and three said what the law could not do in his week, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. And he had to be made that way so he could know how to fight every temptation, know how to fight, go through every trial and overcome as a man with a measure of God living in him, same way you and I do. But he was tempted in all points. It wasn't the spirit of God in him that was tempted. It was this man. It was the flesh man that was tempted, but yet without sin. He, he chose not to sin. He chose to be our example. He chose to show us what to do. He chose to show us we could overcome. So that man is right there between you and God. And when you're going through something and you start praying, it goes through that mediator. That man, Christ Jesus. Then he goes to the he relates it to the Father. The Father brings the answer, he relates it to the God part of the man. And the man breaks down the God part, and the man part talks back to you. So you can understand. That's the mediator. That's the go-between. So that's the reason he's the man, Christ Jesus. So he'd be our mediator, he can be our intercessor, he can be our go-between. this mind can be changed. This mind can be transformed. This mind can be renewed. I pray this word sinks down in your spirit. I pray it gets a hold of your heart. And you take these pages. There's five pages of notes here. I mean, I covered everything. But this is for you to study. I'm one of the few preachers I know that puts out notes with commentary of what God's put in my spirit and how God's showing me to help you grow in God. And I know I sent out this. And I think I'll send out a new generation coming forth or something like that. But it's along the same lines. Please study these notes. I don't know how much longer we're going to be live streaming. Uh, I may do this every Sunday, even once our churches start going back and having services. I may do this every Sunday because I know there's people out there watching. Some have a church. Some don't have a church. And I thank every one of you for listening in. But I want to say this to you. If you have a church. You be sure at this time you support your church. You find a way to get your tithes and offerings to your pastor. And you keep your church going because their churches ain't going to come out of this. Their ministries ain't going to come out of this. They're not going to come out of this. And if you appreciate this word, and this word has been a strength and a help to you, then you look right down the lower part of your screen. There's a QR code there. You can take your phone if you got a smartphone. And you got a app for a QR scanner. You can scan that. You can send us an offering. It doesn't cost you anything and it don't cost us anything. There's other apps out there that cost, uh, for you to send money. If you don't want to do it that way, look right down at the bottom of your screen. There's a, there's a ribbon with our mailing address on it. It also tells you about our podcast, which are audio only, depending on what kind of cell phone you have, uh, that we are on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. Uh, and you can go to any of these, type in World Revivals, John Metter, uh, or Man Sent from God, I think. Yes, man, it tells you there on the ticker. Just watch the ticker. But you go look for Man Sent from God on any of these, and it'll take you to our podcast. And I believe if you sign up for the podcast and subscribe to it, it'll tell you when it comes out. Just like I'm putting out all these videos, three mornings a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, just seven, eight-minute videos. If you'll subscribe to our YouTube channel, it'll tell you when these come out. These help you in your daily dedication. They help you in walk with God. You don't have to watch them when they come out. You can go back and look at them later. But a lot of people, they come out about 6, 6.30 of the morning. A lot of people listen to them and watch them while they're getting ready for work. And I've gotten so many emails and comments that, say, Brother matter these help. Please keep doing them. Well, what I say to you is please keep us on the air. Please keep us on the air. Please help pay for this internet. Please help pay for this equipment. We need computer and components right now in Fort Payne, our church in Fort Payne, so we can get set up to do live stream from there. We're set up here. We're set up at our church in L.J. because God's been good to us, and there's some people blessed us to help us get the equipment we need, but we need it in Fort Payne too, so when I'm there, It'll be there for me, or our pastor there can start live streaming uh to places in Africa and India, different places. It's not something I can do by myself, children. It's a body ministry. I thank you for being attentive. I know this is different. I know it's new, but there's one thing about it. You can't deny the word, and that's what I've always said. It may not be what you've taught. It may not be what you believed, but when you study the word and you look at it, then you got to step back and say, what does the word say? You got to follow the word. You got to follow the quickening of the spirit to bear witness with the word. I love you, appreciate you. Please pray for us. Pray for our mission trail because we're trying to get everything set down now in dates. So, brother, matter ain't this thing going to hinder? I'm telling you, this thing's fixing to go by the wayside. I just feel it in my spirit. I'm not telling you, it's say it the Lord, but I feel that prophecy God spoke instead of my people. Will be obedient to my voice. He said, I'll I'll move this thing, and it'll be as though it never happened. So I believe God. Pray for us. We're praying for you. Let us hear from you. You got our email address. God bless you. I guess till this time next week, or whenever God inspires me to do a video, because I'm wanting to get some things set out in doctrine. I just taught on the apostles' doctrine in our Wednesday night Bible study. This last Wednesday, and I want to get it set out in doctrine in the video on YouTube because people need to know what they believe. There's people that do not know what they believe, just like they don't know what the Holy Ghost is because all they've ever heard is talking in tongues. May God bless you. We love you. Pray for us. We are praying for you.